Hey, Evan. What? What does a zombie vegetarian eat? What? Grains. Podcast. This is episode 210, and I'm your host, Stephen Dutzman, as always. This week, I'm joined by Linda Robel, the managing editor of board games at EngageFamilyGaming.com. How are you, Linda? I'm doing great. Good. Are you ready for Toy Fair? No, no. but that's okay. Yeah. I will be. <laughs> yeah, we'll be there on Friday. We'll be there. We'll be ready on Friday. But also, Linda and I are joined by a special guest for back for the third time, otherwise known as the Glutton for Punishment Award, is Carla Cop <laughs> from Weird Giraffe. How are you? I am doing fantastically. I mean, I'm talking to you two, so oh, wow. I that's must a- be doing great. That's awfully nice. <laughs> Linda, she's full of it. But that's fine. Um, I'm going to decide that your title at Weird Giraffe Games is Master and Commander. Um, okay. That's I'm just gonna roll with it. I'm sure you have a more technical title, but you are here to talk about a- another game that's coming to Kickstarter. You have become quite the prolific Kickstarter person, um, and this time you're talking about Tumble Town, which is a dice rolling Western game town building thing. Which I is not the right description. You're the professional, <laughs> but it's I watched the Kickstarter video several times today. And so I think I have a, a rough grasp of what it is, and it sounds cool. So we're going to talk a lot about that. Um, are you excited to have a, a – How this is your third Kickstarter? Uh, this is six. Six. I believe maybe seven. It depends on how you count. I mean, I generally count in order, one and then two, and then – that's not what you, <laughs> That's not what she asked, is it, Linda? Uh, yeah, no. I have several companies, and sometimes – like, uh, this summer I did a project. It was called Bag of Spiders, where, like, I I helped kickstart it uh, because one of my friends had a game, and I was like, this should be a game. And it, it's not, like, specifically a word draft game, but, like, I did the work for, I don't know, free, I guess. I don't know. But I yeah, like so to think, I have a... then, then, okay, I'm going to give you credit for everything that is kind of a Kickstarter. So that means like mm-hmm. seven. But this is the third time you've brought a game to us. Um, and it is certainly my pleasure to have you have you on. Um, but before we go crazy talking about Tumbletown, I know all of us have been playing some board games. And by all of us, I mean you two. Because I have been playing <laughs> Dungeons and & Dragons. And... I'm going to save the Dungeons and Dragons talk because uh, we're launching a new podcast very soon that will be me and Rob Collegian of A Pawn's Perspective talking about just board games, or not board games, just Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> so we'll I'll save all that talk for that show. So that way, if you don't want to listen, you just, you know, download and delete. So, um, Carla, you're the guest. You play any good games recently? So uh, a couple nights ago, I played Flotilla by uh, WizKids. Have okay. you heard of that? I have not, but I'm going to look it up right now because it sounds cool. Because WizKids makes good stuff, at least yeah. my experience. So tell me about it. Um, so uh, why I played this game is that um, a couple weeks ago, uh, I go around and I uh, travel and I play test things. And I play tested the expansion to the game. 
And the expansion is pretty good, and it's not out yet. But I like that expansion so much that I went out and I bought Flotilla. Um, so Flotilla, like, one, I really enjoy the whole story of it. Um, because the story is, well, if I knew history better, I'd know the story better. But there was this historic event where, you know, it happened, and it wasn't that bad. But this is a game set in the alternate past where instead of the event being, like, not so bad, it turned out to be very much not okay. Um, and it kind of exploded the world. And now everyone's living out on the oceans on these flotillas where they are going out and diving for resources and stuff like that, um, but also getting irradiated because, you know, that's what happens when the world is kind of destroyed. Um, so you don't want to get too much radiation. Um this game, I think it's really good because, um, well, it's a heavier game and there's a lot going on. Um, it's The base of it is kind of like Concordia. Have either of you played that one? I have not. No, not yet. So, Concordia. Well, Concordia and Flotilla. On your turn, you play a card and you just do the things that the card says. And that's super simple, right? Yep. I think like, even I so, might be able to handle that. Yeah, so simple. Um, but both of these games have, like, a lot going on. Uh, Flotilla, um, they have four different, like, guilds. Um, they have one of the guilds that's all about diving, one of them that is about, like, exploring and, like, so building up the Flotilla, basically. Um, there's another one that's all about getting, uh, more, like, I don't know, prestige with the different guilds. Um, and I don't know what the last one is. I don't do the last one. Um, but another really important part of the game is that there's um, there's the seaside and the sky side. So at any point in the game, you can be like, hey, these flotillas, I want to go up and I want to be in the like actually on it instead of doing all this diving. So you can just be like, okay, I'm picking up all my cards and I'm going to the sky side. And then the game completely changes and like you flip over all your cards because all your cards are double-sided. And now you're playing a very different game than everyone else. Um, and I think that's really cool because if you are one of the people that go over to the sky side, you now like you can get a lot of money for a lot cheaper. Um, and so now you're going to be like buying a lot of resources. So the people that are actually still on the seaside, um, they see you buying lots of resources. Um, so like the, the resource cost goes up. So then they can start selling a lot of resources um, for a higher cost so they can actually get money so they can buy more boats and things like that. Um, but the game itself, I think it just plays really well and it has a lot of replayability because you never really have to go sky side. Like, I've played twice now, and I just ignore the fact that there's a whole other aspect to the game. Uh, because I like boats, and I like diving. Um, but the people I've been playing with, like, they are perfectly happy to go skyside and start, like, building up the city and doing those things. So. Awesome. All right. I mean, so that's Flotilla. It is uh, currently, I think it retails, it looks like it retails for about 60 bucks. It is, um, so, it, although it, it is, there's only one copy left on Amazon, so hopefully, go look at Cool Stuff Anchor, something like that, because it's going to be sold out pretty soon. Um, it That sounds pretty awesome. I mean, just from the the, the cover art um, of the box, I really like games where the cover art kind of tells the story, and the cover art for Flotilla, Linda, just to give you a description, it looks like 
you know, a bunch of boats and rafts and, you know, um, you know, the, you know, just detritus kind of all lashed together to build like a man-made makeshift island. One of the things actually oh, looks like the Eiffel Tower. So like you really get the idea, okay, we're building this weird floating city just from the box art. Sound, You're right, it sounds pretty crunchy, sounds pretty heavy, um, but I think the theme will probably carry it through for me. I'm a sucker for a post-apocalyptic story, um, and that is one that I have not played before. So thank you very much for uh, sharing Flotilla from WizKids with us. Um, Linda. Yes. You said, you uh, you posted some pictures on the uh, Instagram, which is Instagram. It's moms, moms with an S. Nope, that's my on, Twitter. That's your Twitter? What the heck are that's you? That's my Twitter. Oh, oh on, all right, my bad. Dragon Rose. Your yeah. Dragon Rose on yep, Dragon Instagram. Dragon Rose 720 is on Insta. Yep. Okay. I know. I don't. Uh, I don't have any kind of consistency. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, you're you're just a mess, Linda. You're a mess. You gotta oh, work. Yes. On, you gotta work on it. So, um, <laughs> you shared with the Instagram that you played Suro with a bunch of people who had never played games before. Pretty much. So uh, there. Yeah. So it's supposed to be a gateway game. Was it a successful gateway? <laughs> it was. So uh, we had another couple come over with their baby, and so uh, we had to balance the they're not gamers, and we had an infant. Okay. And so we decided to play a game. They're like, go pick out something good. Okay. So <laughs> I wanted to pick something very simple because one of the pl people playing mentioned her favorite game is Monopoly. And I'm like, we need to fix this. Yeah. So I wanted something really approachable, and since... Suro, the the turns are so simple and the rules are so simple. I figured it was the perfect game to pick out. It took only a couple minutes. We were able to play two games of it. Um, they liked it so much, we literally cleared the board and played again right away. So I think it was a very good success. Um, so hopefully I can convince them to do something slightly more challenging next time if the if the baby cooperates. Yeah, I'm impressed. So the baby let them actually finish two games? Yes. Wow. That's well, impressive. to be fair, he had his bottle and snuggles the entire time. Oh well, that's fine. I mean, <laughs> but it can... is a game you can play one-handed. That is true. Yeah. Uh, that is a hidden advantage to Suro is that you can play it one-handed. It's so it's so interesting that that game like it keeps circling back, right? Like we've been doing this podcast for 210 episodes, and Engage Family Gaming has existed for seven years, and it's like Suro was one of the first games that we talked about, like when it was me and the professor, and like. It was one of the first games we talked about, and like, yep. it's still and it was reviewed by She Who Needs No Title. And it uh, it was reviewed by She Who Needs No Title, and um, which I, I still need to get her back on the show, um, and she's too busy being a hockey bomb right now. Um, but so the, but it keeps coming back, right? Like it's one of those games that just has staying power. Do what do you think, Carla? Are you a Soro fan? Um, I've played it a few times, and I just, like, it's a game, and I'll play it if you really want me to. That's fair. So it's a game that exists? That's yes. A, it is components that are successfully <laughs> assembled. Um, I mean, that's damning with faint praise, but that's okay. Not everybody has to love everything. Um, for, I, I, I don't know. I, I enjoy it, but I, I can understand what Carla's saying. You know, I don't think I would right. go out of my way to, like, run to my shelf to grab it. Right. And honestly, I, was, I had four other games in my hand, 
and I was debating. And the reason I picked Suro for this was because of the simplicity. And for people that are experienced gamers, in some ways, it's too simple. Yeah. I mean... So, you know, but as that gateway to get them something that's not Monopoly, it was a good fit for that purpose. So, and I think a lot of the games I've got in my collection, I try to have that huge range because we have the gamers and then, like, we've joked about my poor mother that if it's more complicated than roll and move, she struggles. Yeah. So yeah. trying to have that balance. We try with well, your mom though. Go ahead, Carla. Uh, Star Wars is also a really nice game. Like if you like, doesn't it play up to like seven people? To eight. Yeah. Like, so just, if you have eight, yeah. then what other game are you going to play? Camel up. Right. It's that's pretty much it. <laughs> Sky Joe's the other one. All right. I mean, okay. So the, she, <laughs> We don't want to ruin the point. The point is, if you have eight, it's not, not there really aren't that many options, and you get into some wacky stuff. Like, you know, who really wants to play Camel Up other than me? Because um, I love that stupid game. Um, it really is dumb, but I love it. Because this camel's stacked up on top of each other. Who doesn't like that? Um, so, anyway. All right. So, um, I, man, I want to talk about Dungeons & Dragons, but I'm not going to. Um... Can I just say that teaching children to play... I've been thinking about this a lot because I actually am writing a review for Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition for for the site because we're launching a new vertical. And thinking about how easy it was to teach that game to, like, our three... to, like, my two boys and your son, Linda, is, like, mm-hmm. really, like, impressive considering how heavy a lot of people... like, how complex people assume it is. And I'm like, I taught a 10-year-old. And it, so anyway, that's just been weighing on my head today. That's all I'm going to say. It's, it's, it's easier than I think people give it credit for. Um, are you much of a uh, tabletop role player, Carla, or do you pretty much just design games and kickstart them? And that's like your entire pastime. So I haven't played D and D for a few years, but the last campaign I was on, I think it went like three years on the same campaign. Wow. Is that good so, or bad? Are you one of the people that like really likes a long, in-depth campaign, or do you was that too long for you? No, I really enjoyed it. Um, we ended up, we had to stop, because uh, my uh, the game master, uh, she was having another kid, and like having like three kids at the same time as running a campaign wasn't like the easiest thing in the world. To uh, do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I can so. confirm. Can confirm. That makes it very Having challenging. Having children in general is hard. Didn't we pretty much? We pretty much took thirteen years off. Is how it worked. Pretty much from how the old time seven? 13. <laughs> thirteen. So yeah. pretty much as soon as we there was one kid in the mix, we stopped. And now that he's old enough to kind of corral them in one place, we we, we started again. Um, okay. So um, anybody else play anything interesting before we move on to just talk about uh, Tumbletown? No, that's it. Sweet. Let's talk about Tumbletown. Um, Carla, you know the question yeah. I'm going to ask. Uh, well, first, before I ask my, my silly questions, um, tell us about Tumbletown. Let's just, what's okay. the elevator pitch? So, Tumbletown, it's a spatial puzzle town and engine building game for one to four players that plays in about 45 minutes. In the game, uh, we're looking to, to get the next mayor. So, we're all competing for that goal. And if you can make the best town, you will get to be mayor and get to choose all the things that are going to happen. Um, the really cool part about the game is that you are physically like drafting uh, the building plans and the dice, 
um, and constructing the buildings out of dice and then placing them along your main street. And there's a spatial puzzle that goes in with a space or um, like placing all your buildings. Um, so like there's so many choices that are happening, but you could just focus in on like one or two things and be perfectly fine. So like I've played with people that are like really new to the hobby and I'm like, hey, Okay, you look at your horse, and your horse, if you flip it over, there's like a, a hidden objective on there, and it's just a color. Just look at the buildings that are that color and go for it. And like you could just focus on that, but you could like look at everything. Like each building plan, it will either give you a dice manipulation power, power engine building, it could give you an instant effect, it can give you more scoring objectives. Um, and like some of the scoring objectives, are things that are really weird. Like um, one of the buildings, it will let you score for each uh, eagle that's in uh, your other building plans. So it takes like the things that are just like the artwork on the cards and it makes you care about them a lot more. Like maybe for you, you care about eagles, but I care about the agave plant, like for some reason. Um, and each player cares about this different other like little artistic thing in the cards that you otherwise like you wouldn't even look at. That's really neat, incorporating the art into a detail like that. Like, that's really neat that that becomes a, a focus. When did that – well, anyway, I'm going to ask that later. I'm going to put a pin in the when in the design process that little piece came in. So, okay, Carla, I'm going to ask my, my – this is my favorite question. Um, so did you design – is this a game of your design or did you find it from somebody? Uh, I found it, but I found it uh, very early on in the process. Um, so this is a game by Kevin Ross, who also did uh, Calico from Flat Out Games. Okay. Um, and I signed this game over a year and a half ago, like almost two years ago. Um, and it was on like the first version of the game. And so I've been working on this game for about two years with Kevin, like just going over all the different like iterations and things that we could have possibly done so okay i've been in the design process for a while awesome so why did he make this game do you know <laughs> yes i i do i talk with kevin quite frequently but um so kevin he's this like super interesting person what he does is he's a photographer and like so various people pay him to take pictures of things like i pay him to take pictures of board games Apple pays him to take pictures of, like, nature and stuff. Like, like these large companies just pay him to travel around. Like, he goes out to the desert and just takes, like, landscape pictures and all these things. Um, he actually, like, he drives a van and he just drives around the U.S. Uh, most of the time, like, going to board game conventions, but also taking pictures and then selling those pictures online. Like, if you go and uh, see his Twitter following, I think he has, like, something like 40K followers or something because he's, like, this super famous photographer. Awesome. So It's an interesting cross-section of skills. Yeah, man. I mean, at least he – so so you're saying you're happy you had a nice uh, photographer for your Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that was the, <laughs> the other part is now I have a go-to photographer. But I don't think I actually answered the question – which I apologize for. That's so, okay. Kevin, you still gave an interesting uh, answer. It was just not the one I wanted, but that's fine. I'm I open mean, to that's it. That's what I do. So uh, try to keep me on track. Um, we will. But uh, so apparently, like Kevin, he drives around in his van 
And he has a bunch of board games because he loves playing board games while he's also taking pictures. And I believe he was, like, out in the Old West somewhere, and he was just, like, stacking up dice. And he got this idea. He was like, whoa, this kind of looks like a building. Let's make a game about building, building, or constructing buildings out of dice. So he started making Tumbletown just based off of that, like, being out in the Old West and stacking dice. That sounds great. Listen, you know, I love it when I, you know, when I hear that inter- that board games like came for like I I'd love to hear the seed, right? That that initial moment where someone was like, you know, I got to make a game about this or this should be a game. Those are some of my favorite parts of these discussions. So thank you very much for sharing that with me. Um I wish I could have been there like in that moment, like when the, when like it clicked. Because creatives, I mean, as we know, I talk about board games and video games because I could never make them. I'm way too dumb. Um, but, like, that moment of creativity where, you know, somebody just goes right into overdrive, I love that. Well, when you came into contact with this game, what did the prototype look like? Was it just like a box of Monopoly dice just <laughs> and some and some index cards or what? Uh, no, so, well, Kevin, he's also, like, a, well, he's not a graphic designer, but he's, like, learning a lot about graphic design. Okay. So, like, he had uh, cards, I think they were sleeved, but he had all these dice, and they were wooden dice. Um, I have no idea where he got these wooden dice, but they looked really cool, and it looked a lot more professional than most prototypes I see, even though it was, you know, he'd only designed the game, like, the lot, like oh, maybe two or two to four weeks before I saw it. So he's always made it look really good. All right. Well, I mean, that's good. I mean, that's got to give, that's got to help as a publisher. Like if you know that they're trying, that the person who's making the game is trying to make it look good, that has to give you some confidence that they're going to, you know, have confidence in their game and that they're going to, you know, try and push it to the next level as opposed to, you know, just some kid sitting there with index cards, which by the way, would likely be me. (laughs) Um, But that's why I don't make games. My first game design was also on index cards, so there's yeah, nothing but, wrong with that. Yeah, but I don't think I'd ever be able to escape. Like I said, you're you are smart, and um, I am not. Um, so you can tell Amanda's not on. Amanda's not on this week. Yeah, you're being more self-deprecating. I can, I can do that. Amanda, <laughs> Amanda is in LA, um, at uh, <laughs> Disneyland. I think she's going to the Star Wars thing. I'm not sure. I'm jealous because I kind of want one of those crazy lightsabers, but I think the general would push me out a window if I spent the money on one of those lightsabers. Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but I, but like that doesn't mean I don't want one real bad. It's because like I want one mm-hmm. real bad. Um, so yes, I can be a little bit more self-deprecating this week because when the cat's away, the mouse will make fun of himself. That's the, isn't that the nursery rhyme? <laughs> yeah, that's um, exactly how That's close enough. That's exactly it. Okay, so um, thank you for answering my questions and entertaining my curiosity. Linda, you spent a whole bunch of time like reading the rules and like doing like real like journalism y stuff. Um, so shoot, you have questions, I'm sure. I have a couple questions. So I noticed that like some of the other games that you have published, this has the single player option. Did Kevin have a, the single player in his mind initially when he brought you the prototype or was that something you added in since it seems to be a feature you have in many of your games? Yeah, that was definitely a thing I added in. Um, and, like, he he's always known that I do the solo mode, so it's just um, at a certain point in time, whenever I got, like, happy enough with the game as it was, then I just made the solo mode. All right. 
So he knew it was coming. Yeah. He was like, all right, Carla, it's going to come to me with the solo mode question now. Um, or did you just do it? Oh, I just did it. Um, <laughs> I had told him that I was going to, uh, because, well, uh, he was the main playtester for the solo mode. Because, well, I do a lot of the like early playtesting with the solo, but at that point in time, I've probably played the game more than him. Um, so, like, me playing the solo is, like, how do I, like, make this hard but not too hard? So I sure. have to have other people play it. Sure. So he played it a number of times. What? Total sidebar. Why do you... Why, why is adding a solo mode your thing? Well, so, um, if you think about designing a game, uh, like, well... Think, like, if you're going to make a game that's two to four players, sure. you have to play test it at two players and three players and four players, and you have to find three friends, or you have to just, like, have the mental capacity to hold four players in your head. But for a solo mode, I don't need anyone. Like, I don't have to call anyone or, like, convince them to come over or, like, coordinate with three people and make sure that they all, like, are free on the same night. I just need to sit down and figure it out. So, like, with a solo mode, like, I usually just sit down and I'm like, okay, what do I think this solo mode will be? And then, like, five hours later, I have a complete solo mode that I've playtested, like, four or five times. And it's just done. That makes wow. sense. So, it's just... So, so on some level, it's, like, added value to the game. Because, I mean, there are some people that... There's there's definitely a subset. And, Linda, I don't know if you've seen some of this, like, on... In the various board game groups. I know Carla and I, like, live in them. Like, you, like, dabble, because I think... I, you I know, skirt the fringes a You bit. skirt the fringes, whereas, like, me and, <laughs> me and Carla are just... We're all in on the board game groups. Like, there's a definitely a, a population that if a... Like, they'll, they'll back a game, but, like, if there's a solo mode, they are... That's just like that extra icing on the cake that just makes them, you know, kind of more likely to pay attention to it. And I mean, I don't know. And I think on the opposite end, I don't think that it turns too many people off. Like, I don't know. I don't even know anecdotally anybody that's like, oh, there's a solo mode. I'm out. So it feels like just added value that you and, you know, if it's your thing, it sounds yeah. like. Well, just, and to, go ahead. Uh, well, to, to go forward. So, um. By profession, um, I'm a software engineer, okay. and I also have a master's degree in robotics. So, like, making an analog robot, for me, like, I've been trained for, like, the last 10 years to make robots. So, making, like, a really easy robot is, you know, that's easy. Like, it doesn't have to, like, I don't have to actually program, so it's right, super which fast. Which is why you can do it in five hours. Yeah. That yeah, sounds... it's just... Okay, all right. Okay, that is something that I had not thought about. I don't play a lot of solo modes. I probably should. Um, do you, um, like, do you play, Yeah, you know, obviously you play a lot of them. I should probably play them myself. I think I haven't done it yet um, just because, you know, whenever I get a board game to the table, like, I try and get my kids involved. But I really think that it might be more, it might be relaxing sometimes to just find one or two. Um, maybe maybe offline I'll ask you if you can give me some recommendations for uh, starter uh, solo play games. Um, so anyway, Linda, go on. I'm sure you have more questions. I I keep interrupting. (laughs) Um, so you talked about like finding this early on when he only had the prototype a couple weeks. Um, what drew you into this particular 
game? Like, what besides that it looked cool with the wooden dice, like, what was it about this that you decided it was a good addition to the Weird Giraffe Library? So part of signing a game is also signing the designer. And uh, Origins, two years ago, I was a person who was like, hey, this is my first booth at Origins, and I can just do this. You know, I used to, like, work at a pizza place where I'd work, like, eight hours, and I'd just stand and, like, waitress or whatever I did, and it was easy. So I went into this, and I was like, yeah, I can stand up and just run a booth, uh, you know, the entire convention. And actually, I'm an adult now, and that, like, I hurt. I hurt a lot. <laughs> um, being 16 is different than being in your 30s, and I learned that yes. the hard way. These are, in um, fact, true facts. These are true facts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, like, I did all these things when I was 16, and it's like, nope, I can't stand for 10 hours. So, um, during Origins, I had this, like, panic moment where I just, I reached out on Twitter, and I was like, hey, I'm dumb. I need somebody to help me. Can anyone show up? And the person that showed up was Kevin. And that's how I got to meet him is he rescued me. He let me like have bathroom breaks. Um, and also, you know, just sit and not talk at people sometimes. Um, so I got to meet Kevin and he was amazing. And the next convention we were at was Gen Con. And I was like, of course I want to hang out with Kevin. He saved the day at Origins and he's just a great guy. Um, so then I got to play the game. Uh, and I really like the whole like dice stacking thing because like weird draft games uh, one of the things that we like to do is like common mechanics like 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 engine building and town building that you've seen before and then like just some weird twist on it like how many games do you stack dice like right that's not something you see very much yeah so that had like all the things for a weird draft game and I felt like I could really work with Kevin so, like, those two things together are what made me say, yes, I should sign this and do it. Make it. Yeah. I mean, yes, well, really... that, that makes sense. Right, Linda? I mean, yeah. there's something to be said about, you know, like, by, you, you're not just getting the game. You're getting the person, too. Um, oh, yeah. You know, because Linda and I, I mean, we work really well together. We've been friends for 20 years. But, like, you know, having her work would not be as – it wouldn't be as helpful as, you know, having her around, right? Because, you know, when we're going to conventions together, she can keep me from losing my darn mind. I say that that's top of mind because we're going to New York Toy Fair and it's going to be nuts. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Like, right, you, you you kind of – you got yourself a product that you can work to get to the finish line, but you also got a teammate, you know, at least on yeah. this one project, which is awesome. That's a, that's something that I had not thought about. True. Yeah, well, like, definitely, like, because I'm a game designer, and I could just design all the weird draft games, but I really enjoy actually working together with somebody and getting somebody else's opinion and, like, going back and forth and just basically making something better than either of us could have made alone. I dig it. Yeah. I dig it. What else you got, Linda? Um, you have better I questions have... than I do just in general, so. <laughs> That's self-deprecating's back again. Um, so I was looking at some of the variants that are listed in the rules, and I saw that right now there's there's the, a simpler version, and then you have a, a surplus variant. Um, are you planning any other variants as incentives in the Kickstarter? I haven't looked at all the Kickstarter um, pre, the pre- Kickstarter preview page. I was just looking at the uh, rule, the PDF of the rules from the website. So is there so- more in the queue? 
So we don't have any other variants in the queue, but I have been carrying around between four and five mini expansions. Oh. So yeah. Yeah, so uh, one thing I do is, like, I like I always have more ideas, but, like, at the end of the day, we're making a product. And you can't put every good idea into the product. But right. I really enjoy making these, like, little mini expansions that I can give to the backers as a, like, thank you for backing the project, here's your thing that nobody else gets, or everyone, if they want to get it, they have to spend some extra money. Um, so... Right now, there's going to be one mini expansion included because we had a pre-launch uh, goal of getting 500 followers to the project before the campaign launch, and we met that. So um, included in the game at this point is going to be a mini uh, like hidden objective expansion where you okay. take on these different personas and you want to try to like do the thing that your person really wants. Like, some of the personas, they're like, oh, you have to build with more gold dice than anything else, or you have to build with equal amounts of gray and black dice. Um, just extra, like, uh, things, like, that to think about, but if you do them well, you'll get some extra points. Um, there's also an animals expansion, because, like, I don't know how well you follow me on Twitter, but... I talk about animals a lot, especially it's true. ones. That, it's true. These are um, true facts. Like, every game I have, it has an animal expansion because, I don't know, why not? So, why not? Oh, they, that is, in great. fact, a valid answer. Why not? Just, yeah. just when in doubt, put dumb animals in it. It's true. Oh, and also, so, like, um, I'm really excited about this. I don't know if this is going to be, like, a Kickstarter goal or, like, a full-fledged expansion later on, but... Um, these are just different animals that you can attract into your town to be kind of your mascot. Um, and I'm hoping to have, like, little meeples of each of the uh, little animals so you could put it, like, on top of your dice and have your little, like, uh, cat and stuff. There's all these, like, specific names of the animals. Um, because, well, part of game design that I really enjoy is um, researching. Like, where um, I was like, oh... I could do an animal expansion for, for Tumbletown, and then I spent the next, like, four hours, like, researching what kind of animals are in the Arizona desert, and, like, where do they live, and what do they do, and all these things. So I kind of get, like, on a Wikipedia binge sometimes, but it's all for the game design. That is so neat. So I have to tell you, but when we were, I was getting everything set up to record tonight. My seven-year-old came up and was, you know, snuggling in before he got ready for bed. And he took a look at the screen that had one of the setups that you took the picture of with the game all laid out and the dice stacked and, you know, all pretty. And he's like, we're getting that, right? He was so excited just from the one photograph, knowing nothing about the game, except that there was dice and cards. So it's just, it's very cool looking. It's very appealing to see. Yeah, I'm excited for it, especially when I actually get, like, the copies of it at conventions, because, like, even when I'm playtesting at conventions, people get so into, like, like they want to know what we're doing, like, why are we stacking these dice and making these patterns, so I think it'll do really well uh, once it gets to retail. Yeah, I think so, too. Steve, do you want to go back to the question you put a pin in? Do you remember your question? I wrote it down. Uh, could you do it? Because I completely forgot. <laughs> I completely forgot. <laughs> so we wanted to circle back to when in the design phase did the arc get in integrated with the objectives? We, we were talking about the 
like looking for like the eagle and things like that. So, uh, Tumble Town. It actually had eight distinct versions of the game, and the scoring conditions that are based on the card aspects was actually the sixth ma- major like uh, change to the game. So it came fairly late in the process, and I feel like that was within the last six months. I'm pretty sure. Like, well, July-ish, I think it came. So, like, as like it's February or almost so seven March months. now, so yeah. obviously I'm really bad at knowing what time it is. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it all blends together, too. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah I'm, so- impre- I'm impressed knowing you knew what iteration that was, even. Oh, I actually, so uh, when uh, Steven, like, asked about that, uh, mm-hmm. I, like, uh, so I, we were doing, like, a bunch of videos, and we did, me and Kevin, like, I, I actually flew out to Seattle so that we could, like, do some videos and hang out, um, and we did this video on the development of the game, and I was like, oh, yeah, there's probably, like, three different versions of the game, and he was like, yeah, that, that sounds right, but then, like, an hour later, we had all the notes and stuff, and we're like, oh, there's eight. That's that's crazy that that all, like, you know, who knows. But when uh, the question was asked, then I, like, brought up all those notes so that I, like, sound <laughs> like I'm, like, so good at stuff. But actually, like, I made this a couple weeks ago. And I numbered it. So uh, that's, you that's gotta a, have your notes. That's a level of organization that I, I'll have, you should consult with bloggers and podcast hosts it's like a separate source of income um to help keep help us keep organized because i bet you that you keep a mean spreadsheet sounds like you keep a mean spreadsheet like uh the other day one of my friends like i was having him like edit a word document or or something and he's like why do you have 10 spreadsheets open and i'm like i need them i need all 10 and they need to stay open right now don't look at them just focus on something else like, he got really bothered that I keep so many spreadsheets open at the same time. Right now, it's only four, but they're all related to, like, Kickstarter stuff. But, yes, I live on spreadsheets. I mean, with with as many games as in the hopper as I'm sure you do, I think that, that makes sense. It's a reasonable project management tool, no matter what anybody says. Spreadsheets are okay. Spreadsheets are your friend. Um, I'm sure my, my boss in my day job is rolling her eyes. Uh, she doesn't <laughs> listen, but I'm sure she would be if she heard me say it. Um, so what else you got, Linda? That's it. Those are, That's it. those are my fancy questions that I put together. So this is going to Kickstarter. Here's something we didn't talk about yet. When is it going to Kickstarter? February 25th. Which is, okay, so th- looking at my calendar, so this episode is going live on the the 21st which is Friday so for those of you listening um, you have until Tuesday to get your stuff together and go and take a look at this campaign Um, and so go ahead well if they want to they can go to weirddraftgames.com slash ttks and we have a pre-launch page where they can like uh, sign up to get a reminder when the Kickstarter actually goes live. Oh, great. It's a new Kickstarter thing that they have. I will 100% put a link to that in the show notes for those that are curious. Um, so what is what are some of the particulars on this? What's the what, How much am I uh, going to need to put in in order to back this game? So to get the game, it's $29, which is, you know, a really awesome price for getting a game with 100 dice. 
Um, you can also get Tumbletown with a play mat for $49 if you're into, like, the fancy play mats. And you can even name one of the horses. So that's uh, tentatively planned to be $250. I still have to make, like, decisions on that because, like, I don't know. How much do people want to name the horse? I mean, I think there's probably going to be some people that are going to want to name that horse. It's but true. I, people like naming crap on the Internet. Because remember, yeah. at the end of the day, Kickstarter does involve the Internet. And the Internet is full of dorks. And yeah, I say that with some dollars. Yes, and especially dorks with dollars. I being that I am a, at least half of that, being a dork. Um, so, uh, but I don't know. That's tough. I don't. I, I. I don't know how to advise you. But you are, as we've discussed, way smarter than me. So I'm sure you will come to your answer. How long is the campaign running? Are you doing the third, the traditional thirty day thing, or are you following this trend with like the these weird short kickstarters? So I usually do the weird short Kickstarters, but Gamma is in the middle of this and I'm going for the first time. And also then I'm spending like a week and a half in Sacramento and all this thing. So right now we're currently planning to have a like, well, not 30 day, but like 28 day or something Kickstarter. Just because where... you can't have 30 days. You just can't. We reject 30 days entirely. So just 29 just to spite it. Yeah. Well, I, like, uh, I like to end on Thursdays. Like, there's different things about that, but, like, I have ended every Kickstarter on a Thursday, and why change that now? I mean, listen, I, I make jokes about doing 29 days just to spite 30, but, like, you clearly have the data, and you know what's successful. Like, you've done seven Kickstarters. Uh, far be it from me. I just think, it, you know, it's just interesting, the idea of, you know, going for 28 or 29, but... I, I did see something that was kicking around on one of those board game groups that talked about, um, like what you know, people getting paid on Thursdays and Kickstarters that end on Thursdays, and whether or not that actually helps. And I mean, it helps me. I mean, if I was paid, I'd you know do a last minute back. So, Carla, it has been so fun having you on the show again. You got to keep making games so we can have more excuses to have you on the show. And next time, maybe uh, Amanda, who is a new host since the last time you were on, will actually not be doing Star Wars stuff so she can actually meet you and ask you questions about your game. I mean, I totally get it. Star Wars Land is amazing. But have you been? I will be. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. It's I loved not... it so much. Like, I... it's so great. I want to go, but something something is telling me, like the universe is telling me, that if I'm going to make a special trip to L.A., then it's going to be so that I can go to um, the, the Nintendo Land opening in Universal in a couple of years. I think that's probably where I'm going to, like, that's where the universe is telling me I must go. As much as I like Star Wars, I feel but like, a, you know. It's in Orlando, though. Yeah, Not right. LA. So like just yeah. go to Orlando. It's on this coast. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But I I have a feeling one way or the other, either no matter where it is, I'm still stuck. I think I, I think that's where the universe is telling me I have to go to, to Nintendo Land. They have moving cloud platforms, guys. Moving cloud platforms. What? Um anyway. Well, trust me, I'll be talking about that forever. Um, So, um, this has been episode 210. Can you believe it? I haven't been canceled by the networks yet. (laughs) Um, 
Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as the three of us enjoyed recording it. Um, before I go, I have two favors to ask. First, go to Weird, ja- Weird Giraffe Games, and um, the link is in going to be in the podcast description. Get the notification. Back the game. Carla makes good stuff. That's it. That's really all I got to say. She makes good games. Um, And who doesn't want 100 dice? Your fireballs will be very colorful after this game comes in. Just think about how colorful your fireballs will be. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, And also, I can say this with certainty, dropping 100 dice behind your DM screen will scare the crap out of your players. Just do it yep. once. Just do it once. It'll be great. Um, you just dropping ten is scary. Just enough. dropping ten, but just drop a hundred. It'll be great. Um, oh. So um, that's first. That's my first favor. Go back, uh, Tumbletown from Weird Giraffe Games on Tuesday. Um, my second favor is it's the same one I ask every week, but I'm just gonna keep going. Um, everyone who listens to this podcast knows one other person that needs to hear it. Um, just put this podcast in front of them. Just go uh, send them to engagefamilygaming.com slash podcast, and uh, they can listen to this. They can listen to the EFG Daily Commute. Uh, maybe they're going to want to get into the Dungeons & Dragons podcast. I'll be starting soon, or any of our other stuff. Super glad to have them aboard. You know how it works. More audience means more guests and all sorts of other fun stuff. So thank you very much for listening. We will see you next week where I – you know what? I'm not sure what we're going to talk about yet. Probably Toy Fair, but probably video games. Animal Crossing stuff is coming in two days. My head is exploding. Everyone, have a wonderful week. And until then, don't forget to get your family game on. Bye. 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 Music for the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast is Android Sock Hop by Kevin McLeod and audio production by Six Pack Nerds Productions.